There are many reasons to be physically active, to stave off disease and maintain a healthy weight. But did you know that physical activity is also beneficial for your mental and social well-being? Today's guest, Dr. Emily Maley, Associate Professor of Kinesiology at K-State, is here to help us redefine physical activity and introduce us to benefits we may not have considered. I'm Shelby Hunt, Wellbeing Education and Outreach Advisor at the Morrison Family Center for Student Wellbeing. Joined by my colleagues, Chris Bowman and Andrew Coles, this is Thrive at Kansas State University. This is the first time Andrew and Shelby have been on a podcast. Ever. Any podcast. Well, I've done podcasts. Oh, you have? Well, I haven't like hosted one. I've participated in some, though. Oh, so you were the subject of interest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. look at you. I know. I, I kind of, the subject of interest. So, uh, I, sorry. No, I think that's <laughs> great. I'm going to start using that more often. I'm going to add it to my Instagram bio. <laughs> subject of interest. Man. You're welcome. Yep. So, but the first one Shelby's been on, first one hosted. Yeah. Um, Andrew's a seasoned veteran <laughs> at podcasting. So I think it's going to be great. I just like to talk. I do too. Good. So, all right. Why don't we kick it off? However you want to do it, Shelby. I know that's no pressure, but yeah, uh, first time you've no ever done deal. it. Go ahead and just take it and run with it. You know, <laughs> no. It's your um, show. It is. Yeah. Well, first, let's say a big thanks to Dr. Emily Maley for hanging out with us. Um, she is an associate professor for the Department of Kinesiology. So tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your academic journey, how you got to K-State. Just fill us in. Yeah. So I have, this is my 10th year at wow. K-State in the kinesiology oh. department. Um, and so... Backtracking from there, I did my undergraduate degree at St. Olaf College, which is a small school in Minnesota. Um, At the time, I had no idea what I wanted to do uh, in the future. I feel like now there's a lot more pressure on students to come into college saying, you know, this is my career path. Um, And I just, you know, showed up and took some classes. And then sophomore year, it was like, you probably need to start thinking about declaring a major. Um, So I had taken a psychology class that I liked. So I said, I'll major in psychology. Um, But then, and I'm pretty sure I took some of those, you know, career quizzes about what what are you meant to do when you grow up and that type of thing. Um, And I don't remember the results exactly. But I remember that a lot of the things that I gravitated towards had to do with sort of recreation, outdoors, that type of thing. Um, but there, at that time, there wasn't really a major that seemed to set me up for that. But then when I was a sophomore, they created a major in exercise science, um, which piqued my interest. So I played soccer at St. Olaf, so I was uh, into exercise and recreation and everything. Uh, so I ended up double majoring in exercise science and psychology. And um, when I graduated, I still didn't know what I wanted to do with that. So I figured I'll keep going to school because I know how to do that. So I found a master's program in sport and exercise psychology at Ball State University in Indiana. And um, at that time, I was more interested in the sport psychology piece. Having been an athlete, I thought it'd be cool to work with athletes and enhance their athletic performance and all that. Um, And then once I got into the program, that stuff was interesting, but there was also this exercise psychology piece to the program, which was more about public health and how do we 
promote exercise and activity in, in more broad populations. Um, and that's the piece that I got more excited about because I felt like I could make a, a bigger impact with that um, than um, you know working with elite athletes. That, that just wasn't, I wasn't as passionate about that after a while. Um, so I started looking into PhD programs then that could sort of help me dive into that further. And I ended up at the University of Illinois for my PhD. Um, and I had a, a really great mentor who had lots of large-scale exercise interventions. Um, so I had the opportunity to be involved in lots of different research projects. And I realized, uh, I like this. This is what I want to do. So. Um, I came to K-State straight out of my PhD program at Illinois, um, and that's mostly what I've been doing since I got here, is trying to develop programs to promote physical activity or reduce sedentary behavior in different populations. Um, so since being here over the last nine years, some of the groups or populations that I've worked with have been uh, working moms, new moms, military spouses, um, employees who have office-based sedentary jobs where they sit all day, um, done some work with college students and elementary school kids. So um, I guess I like variety and... Yeah. Um, yeah, quite the gamut. Also, you know, I, I have a lot of students that I work with, and so I try to support things that they're interested in. So some of, some of those populations have been driven by their interests or just different opportunities that arise and and just seem to trying to recognize different populations that ne that seem to need help related to physical activity or sedentary behavior so um, yeah some of the some of the best moments are when you work with individuals and they're able to make a change successfully and feel healthier and be more active, and um, so that's gratifying to feel like you made a difference in someone's life. Absolutely. There's a lot to unpack there. Wow, there is. <laughs> I know. You've, the, you've the, been everywhere. Yeah. The journey that landed you here at K-State, which I know we're happy that you're at K-State. Um, so you played college soccer. What what was your position on, and I'm going to act like I know what soccer, positions <laughs> on soccer, but I am interested. What position in soccer were you? I believe my first two years I was a forward, and then my second two years I was a midfielder. So okay. um, trying to score goals. Mostly. Okay, there, I was going to say more hey. offensive or defensively minded. Um, sounds like you were more offensively minded, yeah. which I think is fantastic. Forward. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Forward. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But one of the things I would say about my journey is looking backwards, I can connect the dots to how I got here. But as I said at the time, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And so when I talk to students now, I encourage them to not try not to stress about, you know, this decision is impacting what I do for the rest of my life and just think of it in terms of, what's the next step that can mm -hmm. keep you moving in the direction that you want to go? And then let's just see what paths that ends up opening up for you. Yeah, I think, you know, my philosophy has been do what you like until maybe you don't like that anymore and then do something else that you like. And eventually you're, you're going to get where you're supposed to go. Yeah, and when you said that, that's something that kind of peaked with what you were saying is, you know, that pressure that students are feeling like, you know, now I've got, have a pretty clear path of where I want to end up as soon as I step foot on any kind of 
higher education campus or when you get into the career field and things of that nature. And there is pressure there. And I think that comes from a lot of different places, you know, yeah. whether it's financial, whether it's um, expectations that are placed on you by maybe yourself or others or the, uh, the people around you. Um, I think that is a real thing. I joke around, but I am serious. When I went into college, I changed my majors 13 times. Oh, wow. Yeah. 13 before I found one that fit, you know, social work. When I found that one, I was like, I always tell people that's when school made sense to me. You know, when I found something that I liked that made sense to me um, and then I enjoyed school. And I think that's what we're talking now is those students getting them to um, find that it's when they get to the point. It's not work, I guess. Does that make sense? Am I saying that in the right way? Yeah. I think school makes sense. But anyway, that's yeah. when you when you find a path that fits you. You're you're more interested in learning the material. It's mm-hmm. it's enjoyable. It's yep. exciting. You're engaged. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, we got to figure out a way to keep those students engaged yes. while they're finding that kind of yeah. journey. That so, path. and I think recognizing that it's it's okay to change paths. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. students do that, but I sit on sit in on visits with juniors and seniors in high school who are exploring colleges and. You know, they ha- it feels like they have to come in saying, okay, you want to major in kinesiology? All right, then within kinesiology, here's these different career paths. Which of those are you mm-hmm. going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and they can say something, but the reality is there's a good chance that might change once they actually get here and take classes and figure out what they what they like and what sort of lights that fire that we're talking about. Well, depending on where they grew up, too, right? Because, I mean, I, I'm from a rural Kansas community where, you know, you had, you know, the standard jobs like the doctor, the firefighter, the nurse, the, you know, wh- what have you. But it seems like also, like, if I was interested in exercise, health, well-being types of things, like, what type of exposure may I have had so far growing up? It might be my gym teacher and maybe the the person at the health clinic that I see once a year to get my shot or something. But so you also have to realize they're coming into school and into the universities thinking, well, I'm interested in this, but I, I think there's only two careers I could do with that. And so then, like you said, opening up, opening them up to all these possibilities and hoping they don't get overwhelmed in, in the throes of all of it, too. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. And I think options options are good right so i have an undergraduate degree in athletic training um and there are lots of things that athletic trainers can do um but i was really excited to get my master of public health because that opened up even so many more options about what i could do mm-hmm. so i i think having too many options is scary but um, it's better good. than the alternative. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's really mm-hmm. good. And that's what that's what I tell students who visit about kinesiology. It's this is a discipline that can, you can take lots of different paths. It's not like I'm majoring in this, so I have to go into this job in the future. Um, most of our students are interested in something to do with health, something to do with working with people, and there's enough. Um, breath in the degree that they get that experience, but they can sort of tailor it to what they eventually want to do. Absolutely. And think about, do you really want to do the exact same thing for 20, 30, 40 years? I mean, I guess I don't know. I haven't done this long enough to be like, wow. But <laughs> Variety I, is good, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think it would be rough. Yeah. Right? Like, let's... What, what's that saying? Like, 
you should take a different route to work every day to help prevent Alzheimer's. Like, should you get a new job every like five Oops. years? To yeah. <laughs> My route to work is pretty well programmed right Mine now. Is too. now I'm, Mine is too. Mine is I know. Oops. Now I'm rethinking what I, you know, my route to work. But I mean, you've only been doing the same one for like how many years in a row? Two? Maybe Three. coming up on two. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be two in November, I believe. So yeah, so there's still time to change that up. Is what you're <laughs> telling me. Um, well, that's fantastic. I know Dr. Mealy, like I said, yeah, been across the country, um, and again, just glad you're at K State. That's fantastic. Yes, I am super glad you're here at K State. My major professor. I know that Good was where, that's where this came from. Shelby yes, had yes. Shelby's in the know, um, and when we said, "Hey, we want to do a podcast. We want to talk about well-being," Dr. Maley was you were number one on. Well, I think I would say Shelby's list was number one, and we've got a couple other ones lined up. But this would be great. Yeah, I was like, I know a person. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Yeah. So you said I don't well. I know this. I don't know if you said this, actually. Um, you run the Physical Activity Intervention Research Lab, so the PEAR Lab on campus. Um, and you've used both the terms physical activity and exercise, right? And we know that there is a difference, and it can be a little confusing. Can, can we talk about that? Yeah, so I'm probably guilty of using the words interchangeably sometimes, too. But the reality is they have different definitions and different um, different meanings. So I guess I would ask you guys, so Chris, if you hear the word exercise, what's the first image that pops into your head? Uh, probably running, like, you know, hitting, uh, for me, not very fast, but you know, a nice leisurely, leisurely run, but running's the first thing that comes to my mind when you think of physical activity. Mm -hmm. Inside or outside? Oh, no. Treadmill or sidewalk? Trail. Can can we say both? Like all of the above? Any kind of... hmm. Any kind of running. Sweaty running. Exactly. Like, I could <laughs> okay. be running from something, and that's, <laughs> that's you know, extra, you know, but that's, I think of, yeah. Okay. Side All note. of the above. How about yeah. you, Andrew? I'm actually the same as Chris. I think running. of running, too. Oh. And especially, like, when you started, like, offering, like, on the road or inside, and I immediately thought of an app that I once had on my phone, question mark, but I definitely heard about it, but it was Zombie Run. And it was like you were running, but then it like um, if if you started hearing like like attacking you, then it, it prompted you to run faster because that meant the zombies were getting closer to you. And so it was like a gamified run, essentially. And um, I remember being really excited about it and I might have tried it. But I don't know. It was a long time ago. That really freaks me out. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing it at night in a graveyard, but did it work? Did it? I mean, I think so. Yeah. 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 You know, (laughs) I I run it like. 5, 5.30 a.m., and if I was listening to that, it would be a bad day. <laughs> oh, it's scary. Kind of, so scratch that. Scary. I think you're going to bring, that brings up our conversation we had this morning. Yes, the sandals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. am, Shelby was uh, talking about, I think, are they new? Yes, I got a new pair of Chacos, and I cannot figure out one of the straps. Like, I think it's stuck, mm-hmm. so it's too tight, and I was messing with it this morning. And I, 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 sandals, you know, uh, Chacos, I own a pair, I, but I can't wear flip flops mm-hmm. because in my mind, if I need to run from something, flip flops are not a good idea. So I have to have something more secure, securely to latch to my feet. <laughs> Shelby thought that was it. Are I don't there a lot of situations yes. where you find yourself having to run from something? You know, and in my mind I go to, I have children, so you never know you have to run to grab one of them or... 
that's about the only thing I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has a very disaster possible mindset that yeah. I learned of yes. learned of recently. I'm trying oh. to think of the other thing that the, he was the talking tsunamis, about. Yeah. Oh, yes. boats, islands. Uh, well, I don't think I'll ever go to an island. You can't then. do that. No, or on a boat. <laughs> anyway, physical activity, <laughs> <laughs> active exercise. Right, so that was exercise. Is okay. is physical activity? Is that the do you think of the same thing or do you? Does that word have a different connotation to you? For me, physical activity is is more like programmed or planned. Like, I guess I don't think, like, you do plan a run, but it's just like, oh, I'm just going to go out for a run. But I feel like physical activity, to call it, it almost, like, gives it more of a proper thing. Like, okay, you should go do this and do this. Like a multi-step, um, or you're going in it with more intentionality than just jumping out on the road and running. Okay. That's what huh. I think. How about you, Chris? Same bucket. Physical activity, exercise are all, all the, the same. same thing. Like all sweaty running. All sweaty running. <laughs> yep. Okay. Exactly. So, Andrew, I would say that your definition of physical activity is probably a better match for how we define exercise. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Because I was about to cue Chris up to like hit the applause button. I know. But I think exercise is more of your planned, structured okay. activity that's okay. you do intentionally to enhance your fitness um, or uh, as a leisure activity and physical activity is more all-encompassing of anything that you do that gets you moving so anything that gets your your muscles moving gets your heart pumping a little bit would count as physical activity Hmm. so that's not only leisure time or recreational exercise but it's also movement that you do as part of your job or transportation, walking or biking to get places or doing gardening outside or work around your house. Um, Those would all count as physical activity. Hmm. And so uh, mostly in my work, I try to promote physical activity rather than exercise because exercise is more limiting, it seems. It's sort of, you have to do this in this certain way or this certain place or context, whereas physical activity, um, I think, opens itself up to identify more strategies or creative ways to fit movement into your day. I think the, the, the confusion... Or the confusion for me, or where I put them in the same bucket, is I think of, like, the American Heart Association... They like they recommend and I maybe I have the definition wrong, which is, you know, a possibility. But like 30 minutes of physical activity a day um, is healthy. Right. And so when I hear that, I think heart, I think we got exercise. It's about getting that heart rate up and things of that nature. But like what you're saying is now my gardening may be different than most, you know, <laughs> I'll take that. But gardening, things like that, like I don't put that in the same category. Like when I think of like what's healthy. I think maybe I'm thinking more along lines of when they say physical activity, that's exercise to get the heart rate sweat. up. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is um, the 30 minutes recommendation is for moderate intensity activity. So it does have to do with, um, I guess you have to be working hard enough that you're, you're getting your heart rate up a little bit. Okay. But realistically, you can do that by walking around your neighborhood we're not necessarily talking about so there's moderate and then there's vigorous activity Mm -hmm. and that's where your your heart is really pounding and you're really sweating and um you maybe can't carry on a conversation because you're Mm -hmm. breathing hard whereas Mm -hmm. moderate you could you could walk and talk to someone at the same time 
I guess I don't know the difference between moderate, vigorous, mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so, well, moderate's probably not as intense as what you're thinking. I mean, that's what in, it sounds in, like. And there's definitions in terms of your heart rate range, so like a percentage of your maximal heart rate. Um, so there, there are ways that you can sort of quantify it, but if you if you looked at your heart rate when you were in a moderate range, you might be surprised that it's, it's not exhausting. Hmm. I'm just like a physically active person on the weekends and hardcore because that's when I like run all my errands all around town and walk everywhere oh, and yeah. mow my lawn and do laundry, which is like I have multiple levels in my house. So like get the clothes from the top floor, come down, go to the basement, do laundry, come back up, go back. Yes, wow. that is physical activity. I need a trophy. <laughs> Weekend trophy. That is. Yeah, we can come up with that. OK, thanks. So you do a really wonderful job, and I, I say this from experience, as cultivating students, right? I, I like to think that, you know, you helped to mold and shape me into this really awesome individual, right? You had a big part of that. Maybe a small part. That's I, sweet. I know. I will attribute quite a bit to you. Mm. We had good times. But when we're talking about students coming to campus um, and kind of entering on this you know, new life journey with all this autonomy and responsibility and, and, and their perception of physical activity and exercise, right? What, what does that look like for a student to come in and, and develop these new strategies to stay healthy, you know? Well, first, I think it's, it's challenging. Um, and I think it's important to acknowledge to students or empathize with the fact that uh, they have a lot going on and a lot of new things to figure out. So um, I know a lot of students played sports in high school and growing up, and so they sort of had this Mm built-in mechanism to get their exercise or their physical activity. It was built into their week. They didn't have to plan it themselves. They were told when to go uh, to practice or um, training or whatever and uh, had someone else telling them what exercises to do when they were there. And so then you come here and far fewer students continue to do at least competitive athletics once they get to college compared to high school. So now that part of their life and identity is gone, and so there's all this space to figure out, um, well, what do I do now to build it back into my life? Um, And that's competing with lots of other different things that you're trying to figure out, which is how do I – now I'm responsible for – you know, I go to class for a couple hours and then I have all these other things, assignments and homework that I have to do outside of that and I have to figure out how to plan that into my week and then I want to make friends. So um, my activities a lot of times are maybe dictated by what others are doing because I want to get to know people. Um, maybe you're learning to choose your own foods for the first time if those have always been prepared for you at home so now you have this probably buffet of options and it's up to you to to decide what to eat so uh, lots of new things that that students are trying to figure out as they transition to college so physical activity is just one of those things that fits into that and honestly maybe not their top priority initially 
Um, so sometimes I think maybe it's after the first semester that the students realize I haven't done anything all semester and, and I feel like I need to get back into it. However many years ago when I went to college, um, when you say like it, we ha you had a lot of built-in protective factors you had no idea about. And I go to, um, you said something about preparing meals, nutrition. Like I was a college student. I went to college, went and lived with like four of my friends and I got like within the first week of my first semester or first week of living in a new place. Um, I got just like really bad case of strep throat. I think I got mono. I got a couple oh, sinus no. infections. I just, and it was like, then I was like, just think about why am I getting sick all the time? Going to the doctor and he's like, you're used to having like, you know, this nutrition that you didn't have to think about. Like my mom, she was a very good cook. She was very conscious about it. And then you go on your own and you're living on, top ramen with no physical activity and things that you like, it's like your immune system is weakening. You like, you got to keep feeding it to make it strong. And it's like, that makes a lot of sense, but it goes to what you're saying with, with the, the physical activity or the, uh, the sports you talked about. It's like having a built-in, I know the place where I went we all played high school sports, had a built-in trainer. They told you when you had to be there. They usually had a plan for you, what you were going to do. There was some incentive to do it because you wanted to play or you wanted to do something. I never had to, we never had to think about, mm -hmm. like, what am mm -hmm. I going to do today at basketball practice? Coach George knew what we were going to do at basketball practice. And so then you get where that's not available. It's like, hmm, I don't know how to plan this. So mm -hmm. it makes a lot of Coach sense. Coach George. I know. Coach George. Coach George, shout out. Yep. I also thought it was interesting because I teach a freshman seminar class and I've taught it for six, six years now. And I always have them do a assessment of their move-in process and kind of some goals um, the first week that they're here at Kansas State. And a number of them this fall listed that they one of their goals was to be intentional about joining club sports or getting in part of some physical activity um, group on campus. And a number of them said that this fall, whereas in the past, that hasn't been as much of a goal for mm -hmm. them. And so I thought that was really interesting. And I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. But I think just in this new cohort in total for this coming fall, it's like a year removed from the outbreak of COVID and, you know, being stuck at home, forced at home, all, all that amazing things that we all experience. But I think now even more so students are jumping at opportunities um, by being in a new space at a new time when they can be out. And so, I mean, do you have any thoughts about that or have you seen that trend with your own students? Um, definitely in terms of you know, social opportunities or, or just things that are going on on campus. I, I do think students are excited to be back at, at more of a normal capacity and be able to interact with each other and get out and do things. Um, so, and yeah, maybe there's something about being, being stuck at home. We had to be really intentional about moving, right? Because mm -hmm. you didn't have anywhere to go. Um, you can order your groceries to have them delivered or go sit in the car and pick them up. You didn't have to go to work or to school. We were stuck in front of screens for a long time. So uh, a lot of us, you know, struggle with that. But it also maybe opened up the door to say, well, what, what do I like to do and how can I fit that in to my day? And I think it's the same with students coming here. We kind of talked about the negative side of having all that structure removed, but it also 
provides an opportunity for some autonomy to mm-hmm. say, all right, now no, I don't have anybody telling mm-hmm. me I have to go run sprints at soccer practice. Now I can figure out what I like to do and focus my time on that. And maybe they got a year kind of warning, at least for those athletes. Like, you know, for a year they weren't able to do any mm-hmm. of that. They weren't able to be in the gym. So maybe they already had to do some start motivation while yeah. they're at home. Yeah. Eager also, to get back. To yeah. It. Yeah. And I, and I also look at it as when, you know, we were with that uh, stay at home order or when we were just stuck at home, we couldn't quite come back to campus. You had that freedom to say, well, I can take a break from homework or, you know, this recorded lecture and and go on a walk outside and just kind of enjoy it. Relax. Take a break. Um, and you could do that multiple times throughout the day because you weren't supposed to be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we come back and like here at the office, you know, I can't just say, well, I'm going to go on a 30 minute walk now. Bye, guys. I'll be back. So God, if we had a better boss that would let us do that. I know. Wow. This is the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think a lot of students or at least as a student during that, I learned to really appreciate just being outside mm-hmm. doing something mm-hmm. throughout the day just to take a break from that screen and, and homework and like when COVID when the you know when the policies came in place, you know, the social distancing and things were closing down, we live on a nature trail and I, it was a super busy mm-hmm. trail. I mean people were just getting out looking for things to do. Um and I wish I would have paid more attention to see like the progression of that. I don't think it happened overnight. Like I wonder where people hit their limit where they were like, I cannot sit here and do Mm -hmm. nothing any longer, you know? And so there could have been a study on the trail, but anyway, um, again, too, I'm amazed though that not amazed. That's the wrong word. But it dropped off really quickly, you know, all of a sudden, you know, um, you don't see as many people out there on the nature trail or doing things. Uh, this is right. just one small example. Um, but you don't see people out there on the trail, you know, walking and things of that nature. And I think it's, some of it is too, is now, even though we do move, like we worked from home for a little bit, we came back. Now it's like, I can't do that anymore. You know, I have to be in the office. I have to be here sitting here and things of that nature. And so, um, I guess the hope is that people were still incorporating that physical activity in somewhere else. But me being the skeptic that I am, I have my doubts that that, for me personally, that did not happen. <laughs> now I'm pretty much in one spot a lot of the day. So Yeah, I think that was that was the optimistic side of me, too, because I, I noticed that uh, anecdotally seeing more people mm-hmm. out walking. And then uh, some of us in our department actually did some research um, surveying people about how their physical activity had changed. And so most people did, not most, but on average, there were increases in uh, physical activity in parks and in neighborhoods and at home, of Mm -hmm. course. Um, So people were getting outside more, exploring maybe parks or trails that they hadn't used uh, much or at all before, um, and also maybe exploring different online workouts or Mm -hmm. resources because if they had been going to a gym that was no longer an option so the optimistic side of me said this is great because those types of physical activity may be a lot more feasible for people to fit into their lives if now I've figured out a way to do it from home or just be active in my neighborhood um, that's something that's sustainable and I'm not sure how well it's been sustained but Mm. um, 
at least it gave some people an opportunity to maybe try new things that they wouldn't have otherwise tried. Well, the great, Absolutely. yeah, the great Manhattan bike shortage that we went through oh, yes. for so many months. Well, they might I think still it's be still effect. ongoing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I was, uh, I was looking for a, a new set of pedals just in April, and I finally got the call that the pedals were in like three weeks ago. Man. Yeah. We got the toilet paper back, but not bikes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, yeah, I mean, we were like, to, and it was that way you wouldn't go into, if you did venture into like a sporting goods store, you notice that there was like the at home equipment was depleted. There mm-hmm. weren't as many because people oh, yeah. were buying it up. And mm-hmm. so. Couldn't hardly buy dumbbells, kettlebells, anything like that. Mm-mm. I'll take your word for that. I was more in the bike section. Like, but no. Um, so yeah, so there was that provided motivation for people, like something motivated people hey we should maybe get some more physically active what they did with them when they bought them i don't know but at least there was some motivation there yeah for sure i think some of the strategies so our kinesiology students tend to be pretty active for the most part Mm -hmm. and so um, we can sort of draw from the examples in terms of what they do and how they talk about it but one of the big things is just being intentional about planning it into their day or their week so they have however they however you do your planning whether it's a paper planner or a calendar app on your phone or whatever you've got your classes in there you've got meetings appointments work um and so you know put your physical activity in your calendar so it feels like or you're treating it as sort of this obligation that's on par with all the other things you have to do um and and it takes some experimenting probably to figure out the best place to fit it into your schedule but um i think i think most students when they do that find that they do have time to fit it in um but but you have to maybe think ahead a little bit about it because it's very easy for the entire day to go by and you haven't done anything if you haven't thought ahead about it. And that planning also sets you up to do other things to be prepared. So maybe I, it makes me bring my gym bag to class or wear my exercise clothes to class or set them out before I go to bed if I want to get up and do something in the morning, those types of things. Um, so all so all of that planning can can help make sure that you're prioritizing it. Um, I think finding social support, so uh, finding other people who want to be active and like the same activities as you, helps with um, making it more fun. And it, it uh, kills two birds with one stone because you you want that social connection, and so you can build those relationships and be active uh, together. So. Um, and it also provides some accountability because if you know someone else is depending on you to show up somewhere, then you're more likely to, or you're less likely to to skip it than you might if if you're just planning to go on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and really just to just to bounce off that real quick, I think it's it's really important for students to feel connected to the university, the Manhattan community, all of that, especially right now with some of the, you know, mental health crises we have going on. And I can say, like, personal testimony, um, I've been happiest when I've been able to, you know, run with my Saturday group, my Tuesday group, bike with, you know, everybody from Monday night. Like, shout out to those people because mm-hmm. they make they make life richer, you know, having mm-hmm. having individuals to do things with. and Yeah, and I, and I think the past 
year and a half now, I guess, has has sort of highlighted even more the importance of those relationships and connections with other people. And maybe we sort of took them for granted before they were that those connections were off limits to us. And so now I feel the same way when I can go see people. I see that in my kids, too. Like it just makes such a difference when we can interact with people. Um, So if there's ways to to combine physical activity with that, then then I think that's awesome because there's lots of ways you can spend time with people. So you want to meet up with a friend for coffee or something, you know, get it to go and go for a walk and drink your coffee. I think yes. about intramural sports too. Oh, how yeah. that can you know that's something that's just that the K State community we have because Armando is on the um, on the list of people to come down and talk on the podcast. But again, that's a way to that social aspect. You get a team together. Let's use softball as an example. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but not all teams, but a lot of them, you see them out practicing. You know, they, they want to go out there and they get some physical t- activity that way outside of just playing in the game. And so it's again, it's that whole concept, right, of well-being holistic. Like we have physical, which is the actual partaking of the physical activity, but it's also driving the social aspect of the well-being realm because you're connecting and then you're there's a good chance you're going to meet somebody new on that. So, you know, you may not know everybody on that softball team or on that basketball team or flag football team. So um, that's something I think about with K-State that I think is, you know, and a lot of college campus, but K-State in general, something the community's doing that feeds into those, that holistic well-being realm. Yep. All connected to your mental health. It is. Yeah, exactly. Mental. See, we could just go on (laughs) for a long time. I wow. guess the another thing that comes to mind in terms of a strategy so is is just to think think outside of the rec which the or yep. the you know the rec is an awesome resource mm-hmm. and I'm not discouraging you from going there <laughs> but also think about um active transportation maybe so are you walking and biking to class if you want to go get food or coffee in Aggieville or downtown can you walk or bike to do that um with friends or whatever um Mm -hmm. listen to this podcast while you walk but um Mm -hmm. yeah think about other ways that you can build that movement into your day that maybe don't fall under that definition of planned exercise necessarily we're transitioning season soon and we've definitely been feeling it this week of getting from you know really warm to you know cooler and then of course in a couple months coolest you know super (laughs) cold and and whatnot but i guess what what recommendations do you have for students who have kind of um dedicated and gotten to a routine and they've enjoyed all this weather but like of course when the weather starts changing that could be a potential hurdle to get over to continue that so what what advice do you have for students or really anyone to help them transition into the next season Hmm. Well, right now, I feel like we're actually positively transitioning into fall where it's not so hot and it feels pleasant to be outside. You know, when Mm -hmm. when the weather, when it's like 75 and sunny, that just makes me want to go outside and walk or do something and get fresh air. Um, But of course, it's it's not always or often 75 and sunny in (laughs) Kansas. So um, So hopefully we have a few good months ahead of Mm -hmm. us still of lovely fall weather. Um, But the winter is always a challenge. Um, Some people like or tolerate the the cold better than others. Um, But 
I, I think I remember last I don't I'm not big on New Year's resolutions, but last January I remember thinking something that I really like to do in January at least is to be intentional about going outside for a walk every day. Um because I think, you know, from COVID, I had noticed how much better I felt when I got outside and moved and got fresh air. And I didn't want the cold necessarily to to stop that. Um, so so I, I was more intentional about trying to get out and walk. And I found that if you put on a, a coat and a hat and gloves, it, you know, it's cold for the first few minutes. And I'm talking if it's 20 or 30, not if it's like <laughs> negative 20, but we don't have a lot of those super, super cold yeah. days here in Kansas. Well, you're Minnesota, you know what super cold, you know <laughs> what super cold yeah. is. And I grew up in Chicago, so oh, yeah. Kansas is nicer than all of those places in terms of, I mean, I always roll my eyes whenever the schools close for snow days because mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> but I can still see the blades of grass sticking up through the flurries. Like, we can we can make it to school in this. But I, I digress. Um, Forward. <laughs> um, so I guess the the... What I'm trying to say is try to maybe shift your mindset about the cold in the winter and maybe maybe you won't be out as long or as often, um, but maybe still think about can I make sure I have the right gear and mm-hmm. and still make a point to get out? Because the sunshine is important too. There's less of that in the winter, but mm-hmm. being exposed to the, to the sunshine and the fresh air makes a difference for our physical and mental health, I think. So... Um, maybe just thinking about being intentional when the winter comes. And I think our winters are short enough that sometimes it's sort of like, like in Minnesota, people get outside and do things in the cold because the winter is like six months long. And so you don't, you don't want to spend half the year inside, but here it's sort of like maybe two or three months. And so maybe we think, well, I can just hunker down and get through it and I'll reemerge in the Mm -hmm. spring. But, um, (laughs) Maybe <laughs> maybe thinking about, uh, you know, not taking that break so you feel like then you have to start over from scratch when the, the spring emerges. That's got my mind running or thinking right now about, like, how can within our office be more intentional about that physical activity? And that's why Shelby is the great asset. Not that you are not, Andrew, but in that aspect, we just need to get the, uh, you know, being more intentional and things we can we can normalize a little bit within our office. Because what I think when you go into an office setting, um, and let's say we, we somehow incorporate physical activity, we do something, I don't know what it would be. It may seem a little bit odd to some that are within your office, but once you know you start doing it, you normalize it, then people become curious. They might come around and say, hey, what are, you, what are all you all, what are you doing? What is this about? And it normalized a little bit, and then it kind of can spread within that small subsection of a community, like, say, the office that you work in and things of that nature. Kind of trend-setting is kind of the goal is what you want to be. So my mind's kind of thinking now is, like, you know, how are we going to incorporate this into our office so that we can be a quote-unquote trendsetter um, within all of our office? Or I our love whole this. Center. Let's do, like, walking Wednesdays or something. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. I, I've noticed that – well, so I – we have the standing desks, which mm-hmm. are really awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think I peer pressure Andrew into standing. In a good way. Yeah, yeah. I just, well, I just stand, you know? And then he's like, oh, well, I, I think I should stand. 
I sat at works. that desk for two years, and I don't think I ever stood. Oh. Um, there was no peer pressure being applied uh, for Chris while I was Chris didn't know here. how to do it. How to open it up. I, I can't even use that excuse. I knew exactly. I got a tutorial oh, on it. I was going to say he showed you me how. You got a tutorial. Yeah, yeah, on how to do it and all that kind of good stuff. But again, like with the standing desk, so you get like, I'll give the plug for Lafine Health Center. I mean, there's an investment. There's a cost associated with that. Yes. And they invested and they said, hey, you know what? We're going to invest into this. And then thinking back now, being the person that never used it, <laughs> you know, I wasn't like <laughs> showing them like, hey. This is a great investment, you know, and so, but walking Wednesdays, I don't know what else. Like I said, there's going to be, I imagine you might, I bet you have a list, Shelby, or you could come up with a list. I, I could, you know, I do a lot of like standing and stretching at my desk. Um, and I think because we have those windows where you can kind of see in and when people walk by and, mm-hmm. and I think when they go back into like R and R, they open the door and there I am in like some weird uh, position by my desk stretching. And I'm like, what are you doing? So this might be a weird, a weird question, but it's like stretching. Like I don't, I don't consider that physical activity. Is that physical activity? Does that make sense? Um, I, I mean, you're not really getting your heart rate up, but, um, it's, it's really rejuvenating. And if you've been sitting in the same position mm-hmm. for so long, I mean, you're going to have so many muscle imbalances with that, right? Muscle like, imbalance. Yes. Like things will get really tight. Things will get really stretched out, you know, the opposites type of situation. Um, and if you are being active, that makes it uncomfortable. Hmm. Right? So like well, if, if I've sat all day and then the next morning I go run, mm-hmm. it, it's uncomfortable. Like I can feel things hurting, things that are hurting because they're tight and then things that are hurting because I haven't utilized them. They've been relaxed in the position I was in. So I have never once stretched before any kind of exercise or physical activity. And I don't think I've ever stretched post physical activity. Have you ever had an injury? Multiple injuries. Yeah. (laughs) Not to brag, but I'm pretty accident prone. What, what? Where was Coach George? Was it Coach George? It was yeah, Coach, Coach George. George. Yeah, come on, Coach George. I know. Um, wow. Yeah, I've never okay. seen a need. Hmm. But then again, my activity level has plummeted over the past. Uh, you know, immune system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If we, I start we could getting do really like sick. two o'clock stretches. All right. You know, kind of like the seventh inning stretch. A, Let's. You know. I think it's Kansas Health Foundation. Or are there some entity in kansas i can't remember which one but they're sort of a model of it's like every day at three o'clock they play music over the thing and the norm is just that everybody gets up and walks around or i don't know what they do but it's like nobody is i don't they're not that they're not even expected but it's like you cannot be sitting at your desk in this time because this is just what we do we get up and move twice a day or whatever we have an intercom system we don't have access to it at lafine but we could just do that well, not tell anybody. Just play music for a lot of the intercom system. But what, what we're talking about is like, so like, if say, say Shelby and Andrew, they incorporate like, you know, the two o'clock stretch. Like, so we come out, you know, that's, I think that's a, that, that's a barrier for me is, is um, I would feel comfortable around um, Shelby and Andrew because as you've, I've made it very clear, I do not stretch. It's embarrassing how I would look. But I feel comfortable in that safe space. You know, I'm not going to go. I, I'd be intimidated to like go to like your running group without Shelby. And they're looking like, what's this guy doing? And I'm just like trying to stretch and I have no idea what I'm doing just to fit in. You know, it's that you got to find that that those people that you feel safe around because there's some vulnerability of into yeah. starting mm-hmm. something new that you're not 
an expert at or, you know, that you don't know what you're and doing. And I think um, I've done, like I said, I've done some work with work sites and employees who have sedentary jobs um, trying to help them think of ways to stand and move more throughout the day. And we actually did a study last year with people who were working from home during COVID because, as we said, that increased sedentary time even more for a lot of people. So uh, we were able to provide standing desks for them to use at, at home. Um, but then we also talked about other strategies. So that was one good thing about working from home is you didn't have those norms to compete yeah. with. You, it was sort of up to you. And on. so I guess on the downside, everything was on me to plan and prioritize it. But on the plus side, um, I, I my time was my own and I could wear comfortable clothes or, you know, stop and do weird looking exercises to take a break from the day. Um, but I think it, thinking about the, the work that I've done with work sites, I think sometimes there's these barriers or these perceptions of like if you're not at your desk from eight to five, then you're not getting your work done and productive. And so we say, well, what if you had a policy where people could walk or be active for you know two 15 minute breaks or 30 minutes while they're on the clock and some are receptive of that and others are oh no we can't do that but then if you look at the actual productivity mm-hmm. of those employees yes. not only has it not decreased from having that 30 minutes off but perhaps it's actually gotten better because we had an opportunity to regain focus or whatever I love it. This is really cool. I like this. I I have one more question if we have time. Um, But whenever I do any type of like interview or or a podcast, I always like to ask the person what's hot and what's not in your area right now, Dr. Maley. So when you think about what you're studying or what you're what you're trying to promote right now, what is hot, what's trending right now and what's kind of like we did that next. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Mental health is, I don't know if I want to say it's a hot topic right now, but it seems like it's its gotten more attention in the mm-hmm. past couple of years. And um, I think what we've realized in our field of physical activity promotion is for many years we've tried the same messages to convince people to be active. So we have this long list of um Look at, you know, look at all these chronic diseases that you will reduce your risk of of getting in the future if you're active. Um, And, of course, the media has a heavy focus on weight loss and appearance. And so that's sort of how, in general, people have been socialized to think about exercise. Um, and, And so... I think we're starting to see a shift or a recognition that those messages haven't been working very well. I think most, if you if you stop someone on the street and ask them why they should exercise or what uh, health benefits exercise has, they could probably rattle those off. So it's not necessarily a knowledge issue. Maybe there's some you know unique benefits that they hadn't thought of, but overall people know it's good for us, mm-hmm. right? right? So that's not that's not the barrier that's keeping most people from doing it um in some ways those messages about about weight and health may be creating a barrier because um it's leading people to think that they have to do types of exercise that are vigorous like i have to run and get really sweaty and it has to be for an hour because i have to burn this many calories 
Um, and for a lot of us, that's not enjoyable. Um, and so it makes us look for reasons or excuses not to do it um, and find other things to do that we enjoy more. Um, so I guess I'm advocating for for shifting the message to think about mental health and, and well-being and how... Because those types of benefits are also really far into the future, right? Mm -hmm. So it, weight loss takes time. Chronic disease might be, for a college student, something they don't have to think about for another 40 or 50 years. So it's not going to get me up to do something today. Um, but there are ways that physical activity can make us feel better today. So I think we're starting to see a shift in... Uh, recognizing that and trying to emphasize that in our messaging and promotions is um, is you know how can this enhance your daily well-being and and then there's this shift from this is something another chore that I have to do to this is something that I want to do mm -hmm. because I realize I can stay awake better in class or um, have more energy later in the day or manage my anxiety and stress and those types of things. So, um, yeah, I don't know the, if that's what everybody in the field of physical activity would say, but that's something that's been on my mind a lot. That's super interesting. Yeah. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Oh, yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Wow. I, I That was so inspiring. I don't know if I even want to go to the – what's not part but <laughs> if you did have to classify a what's not what would that be what are we moving away from um hmm. well i mean i guess like i said i i think or hope that we're moving away from from some of those messages that we've been True. trying for yeah. so long that mm -hmm. haven't been working mm -hmm. um and trying to figure out um wh how we can talk about it differently mm -hmm. but also Maybe moving away from kind of formal gym environments yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I like I said, I think COVID has sort of prompted people to. I mean, there there have been online workout options for a while, but I think those are um, people are even more aware of those now and, and are thinking more in terms of what can I do at home and and that reduces some of the barriers that might otherwise keep people from being active if they don't have the time or money to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. When when you said that, when we're talking about, like, kind of, in my mind went to the what's not, and so I think you mentioned it, the convenience can take away from physical activity, like click list. Um, you don't have to go into the grocery store and walk around for 45 minutes to get your groceries, or if you bring my kids, two hours and 45 minutes to walk around <laughs> because... Um, then it becomes just kind of a whole thing of where did they go, like hide and seek in the in the in the grocery store. But it seems like that that's where like this convenience, like I can justify not going and doing something that maybe would involve me having being physical by saying, well, it's convenience. Like it's just convenient. I don't have time. And so when when you were talking about that, that's where I was like, you know, is that something that that is becoming more easily for people to be like, it's convenient, so I don't have to do it. You know, like I said getting stuff delivered like you know uber eats which mm -hmm. we, you know mm -hmm. we did last night um we're not gonna walk to chipotle but we probably should have so <laughs> um but to me like i said the, the, those those chances to get uh, what's i want to say In incidental yeah, activity i'd say passive physical activity mm -hmm. you know are becoming more acceptable not to do that 
Yeah, we talk about that a lot in our kinesiology classes with our students because I think sometimes when we think about the inactivity epidemic and the obesity epidemic, the uh, the first thought is to sort of blame individuals. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, why? how have people gotten so lazy? Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is that our environments and our world are constructed. We have essentially engineered every reason or need to be physically active out of out of our day. And mm-hmm. so... Um, yeah, it's convenient to not have to walk through the grocery store, yeah. especially with kids who are going to beg for stuff in every aisle. So we'll just sit in the car and have them deliver it instead. Um, so this doesn't necessarily mean that we're being lazy, but um, in reality, I think, well, it's, it's been exacerbated in the last couple of years, but really it's been for the past 40 or 50 years mm-hmm. that there have been cha- these technology changes and improvements that have been gradually uh, engineering that activity Mm -hmm. out of our lives. Mm -hmm. And um, when we look at, or when we think about the obesity epidemic and we look at leisure time exercise has not actually changed that much in the past 50 years. That's stayed relatively stable. But what has changed is all the other activity that people used to get in their jobs doing more housework, Mm -hmm. um, maybe more active transportation. And so we've seen a steady decline in all those other areas where people just aren't moving Mm -hmm. as much as they used to throughout the day. And those small, I guess, calorie Mm -hmm. uh, deficits add up or uh, less expenditure adds up over time. And kind of they talk about creeping obesity. So it's just like... In the population as a whole, there's this gradual increase that can, a lot of it can potentially be explained. Of course, there's there's dietary factors yeah. as well with portion sizes and everything. Hmm. But in terms of activity, it's mostly about the just less need for daily movement. Well, I think about what are those, and there could be maybe I, I'm assuming these were ineffective. Maybe they are. Maybe I could be you know educated, but the '50s, those belts that you'd put around that would shake, and that was supposed <laughs> to be like weight loss, like. Was that the start of this? No, just kidding. But, you know, um, trying to find more effective ways to or easier ways to become physically active or to burn those calories. And now we're to the point. And two, I think you sw- it's, it's hard to swim upstream. I, like I said, Manhattan, um, there's a lot of groups that are working really hard to make it a more bike friendly community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I know some people I've talked to, some friends that are kind of involved in how difficult that can be, you know, just to go against change, not so much against the people in Manhattan, but society and where the society's moving in general. Like we mm-hmm. talked about, it's like, why bike there? Like we talked about, I play music and our band studio is 200 yards away from me. And I drove there yesterday um, instead of walking <laughs> or riding my bike there, you know, but again, my mind comes to, it was quicker mm-hmm. time. Time is valuable. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, three minutes extra was valuable, which it wasn't. But but I think that's that's the key, and that's what's been drilled into our minds. Um, I don't think we're engineering activity out of the day because we don't necessarily want to be active. It's because we think we can be more productive. You know, we think mm-hmm. we can get more done. We're living lives that tend to be a little marginless in a sense. You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't think we have that spare time. We don't realize really how much time we do have if we were to look at our schedule we might be able to find more time than we think we have but um 
I think we've also learned that that's not really the case. You know, cutting out that activity is not necessarily making us more productive. It's making us tired and dreary and cranky. <laughs> cranky, yes, cranky. Yeah. I finally oh. figured it out. I'm, I would like to promise it's the last time I'm going to use a sound pad, but I can't. <laughs> I can't make that promise. We're playing. We're yeah. playing now. Good. No. So we have help Andrew develop a plan to be more physically active on our outline for the podcast. It says so, number and, five. And it says next week. So, I mean, there is, yeah, there is I a was trying to. Yes. I know. Thing. I'm ready to go. <laughs> we're not talking about life change right now. We're just thinking about for the next week, the forecast. We've got the perfect weather for yes. this opportunity. Okay. So, love it. So, well, first, tell us about what you do now for physical activity in well, a typical week. In a typical week. So, and, I, and I'm more excited about this now, too, because we've expanded my definition yes. of physical activity now. So, your, your posture has like, changed, too. I like, know. You're, you're like, a, you know, so confident. Yeah, you I know. are engaged. I'm ready to go. More engaged. Not that you were before. Vigor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we may have found the title of this podcast. Vigor. Just vigor. I don't I like know. It. That almost makes me feel uncomfortable. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was, a that swing was amazing. Miss. That was amazing. That makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, okay, so if I think about physical physical activity in my week, well, so I like being outside at my house a lot. Um, I've tried to make my backyard my little oasis, so I like to actively do things out there, mow, trim up some things, and um, just be outside a little bit more. I also have become a plant dad. Ooh. And um, so I take a lot of time to have to water everything now, too. So I go back and forth to fill up the water can and, and do that. So everyone's listening like this is like, oh, my gosh. He doesn't <laughs> no. So um, but then in in inside, of course, like I talked about laundry, especially like I have three floors in my house. So top floors where all the clothes are taking them down to the basement where the laundry room is and back and forth a couple times doing that. Um, aside from that, I do like to be social. And so we live really close to downtown on points, um, probably about three blocks away from downtown. So at least once a week, we go downtown for dinner, just for drinks, and we'll just walk down there just because it's just such a nice little walk, and it's really easy, and don't have to worry about parking or anything like that, so... So, yeah. You okay. also walk a little ways from your car. It's true. You so, I like to save money. And so, because of that, for the past five years, I have not had a K State parking pass. And so, because of that, I have to find alternate places to park, which normally mean walking a little bit farther. But at the same time, that standard deduction on my paycheck isn't a thing because I don't have it. Um, so, yeah, you're true. You're right. So, you, so you're getting some physical activity in most days and throughout the week. Well, and I forgot to say, so Saturday morning is my time to be out and about. I'll, I'll start at 8, I'll drink my coffee, um, I'll go to the farmer's market, walk around the farmer's market, I'll go to a couple different places also to run errands where I'm walking around. And so I usually from 8 to noon, I'm out of the house doing things in the community. So Saturday mornings are my, my jam. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So, but if you were thinking in terms of your previous definition of physical activity, <laughs> in terms of like the the vigorous running and stuff, um, Shh, we can't say that word. You, <laughs> you would say that that's not uh, typically part of your week, right? Yes. So that's that's why you felt like you identified as an inactive yes. person before. Yes. 
Um, so, so if someone asked you what your favorite way to be active is, what would be the first thing that pops into your head? Like, if if it gives you an immediate warm fuzzy feeling, oh, just thinking you know? about doing this. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. I don't know if I should lie. Should I lie? No, something else? no. I want to know the truth. <laughs> I wish everyone could see his face. I know. <laughs> honestly, I, I think of two things and I'll go with the, the less embarrassing one. So honestly, the first one is just like, like I said, like going downtown, walking, being with my friends, like going to different couple different places um, or, you know, going out to dinner with friends. And then afterwards, like we all walk back to my house and just hang out. So I just like that socialization mm. of the of the physical activity, I guess. So anything that combines physical activity with socialization being with other people. Yeah, absolutely okay. um what about are there any types of physical activity that you get an immediate feeling of dread when you think about them i think like like weights i think they've always intimidated me just like knowing like exactly like how to do it kind of like chris said like mm-hmm. you have to be in a safe space to like not make yourself look like a fool and i think it's just you know growing up and being a part of sports or like seeing like weight rooms and like everyone's like oh like you can do more than that or i could do this much and like it's always comparing and trying to one up one up and so i think i have like just no desire to right do that, right really. no 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 i'm just like i just don't want to be around that okay so so we'll we'll make sure that's off the list right i'm giving <laughs> you permission that you, you do not have to to lift weights thank you to dr be active. Um, we're gonna focus on the things that you do enjoy and that give you a happy positive feeling when yeah, you think about them zombie app. um because i think you know <laughs> thinking about enjoyment that's that's one of the the best ways to set people up to be successful is to start with what is it that you actually want to do. We're not mm-hmm. going to try to force something into your life that you that you hate or dislike or that you feel like you're supposed to be doing because everybody else lift weights or that's um, what I'm supposed to do. So um, so we'll focus on things that feel enjoyable to you. Great. Um, one other thing I should mention too is like at least once a month for the past two months, so two times, I've gone out to the Kanza um, mm-hmm. with some friends and I love that. I just mm-hmm. love the scenery. I love, you know, going up that really, really steep, steep hill, being at the top and then just enjoying that and then, you know, slowly weaving our way down. Like I really like that too. Yeah. There, there are actually some really great places or a lot of great places to hike mm-hmm. in Manhattan or close by. Um, when when the pandemic started that was sort of our family's weekend thing every weekend we'd try to find a different place to hike or explore that we hadn't been before because again it was something to do to get out of the house Mm -hmm. that felt safe um so when you are active what are some of the benefits that you've noticed and let's focus on sort of maybe some of those anything where you've noticed immediately about how it makes you feel in a positive way i mean i think if I have a goal or a task to achieve, I just, my mind's focused on that. And so like any other like disruptors that are happening or any other chaos or anything else that's happening in my world, like they're gone because I'm focusing on, on task A, task B, task C. So I think just that focus that it provides is really nice. Okay. So focusing during the task or that comes, or or that comes after Probably during, like, because when I think about my physical activity, like, I'm, like, on Saturday mornings, like, I have a goal to, like, get this and get that and get that. So while I'm doing it, it's like, it doesn't seem like I'm 
running around and like I'm really tired because I have goals to, okay. to uh, things so, to do. So a feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, um, yeah. And it sounds like you're someone who maybe outside of hiking isn't super excited about being active just for the sake of being mm-hmm. active. No, exactly. But if you can combine it with other things mm-hmm. that you like or mm-hmm. other things that you have to do, mm-hmm. then um, you you like the feeling of being active mm-hmm. if you can also feel productive in some other way. Yes, that's a big part. That's okay. a big part of it, yeah. So we're gonna, so choose one activity, okay. choose an activity. that you can add, add to your life somehow for mm-hmm. the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to be something that is enjoyable to you, that you would look forward to doing. It has to be something that you feel capable of doing. Mm-hmm. So you talked about feeling not confident about lifting weights. So mm-hmm. something that, that you feel confident about mm-hmm. um, and also manageable or feasible to fit into your life with everything else that you have to do. So something that pops right into my mind is the very first place I go on Saturdays, and maybe I should pick a different day because Saturdays are my days, but I think on Saturdays my first stop is the farmer's market. And I usually drive to the farmer's market, even though it's like eight, nine blocks away, I think probably. Mm -hmm. So a realistic thing for me would be to get my little ear pods, throw them in and just walk to the farmer's market. Cause I never walk away with bags and bags of things <laughs> that, I mean, I guess that would be my, my strength. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that would be reasonable and I would enjoy that time because I'd get to listen to music or listen to re-listen to this and remind myself, Oh, this is why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that'd be realistic. The other thing I think of is too, is just, and I, I think I'm very much walk focused is because my neighborhood is so easy to walk and um, and go see people and there's like landmarks like there's a school here the malls on the other side of things so I think that's more attainable mm-hmm. realistic okay uh, so do, so would you see yourself intentionally planning to go out for more walks yeah or yeah I could. Like it, would that be a, a reasonable goal maybe once or twice in the next week that you would go out for a walk on a nice day after work or something like that yes i should do that or you could peer pressure shelby into getting walking wednesdays up and running i know yes i know and then that makes it you know you incorporate one more i would love that yeah i would love that if i could get one done at work and one done after work that'd be amazing boom yeah Yeah. all right you can walk to get coffee or well and let me (laughs) yep yep so we have to pick up the cookies every monday for the 21st birthday initiative Mm -hmm. and so shelby and i have already decided that on mondays we're going to go together to walk pick up the cookies and come back that's a small step that's a small step but for instance yesterday i wanted lunch and so i'm like you know i don't want to drive anywhere though so i walk i went to um kramer to quick cats they weren't open so i'm like okay guess i won't do that then i went upstairs to the um cornerstone coffee because they had some sandwiches wasn't loving that then i was like well i can walk to the union it's a little bit farther but i could walk to the union i'm like you know what arrow coffee's right over there snaps for arrow coffee and so i went over there turkey club ate outside it was wonderful walked back so i did a little bermuda triangle (laughs) for my lunch yesterday but i mean it's it's great working on a college campus because Mm -hmm. everything's right here it's our community within a community so that in itself is really nice yeah. So it sounds like you might already be walking more than you've given yourself credit I, for. Probably. Um, but maybe for the next week, the goal could be just 
to be a little bit more intentional mm-hmm. about that or maybe mm-hmm. um, identify some specific t- times where you could add a walk where you're not mm-hmm. doing that already mm-hmm. now. And I think the big thing will be, especially in the spring, because I teach Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I walk from here to Willard and Willard back. So I'm intentionally doing that every Tuesday and Thursday. But I don't teach in the spring. So mm-hmm. that would be something I could continue to do or yeah. should. Mm-hmm. So, so I mentioned earlier when I was talking about students sort of planning and being specific mm-hmm. about um, maybe going so far as putting it on their calendar. But I think that's something when when you have a, a goal or an aspiration of something you're trying to change, being really specific about uh, what you're going to do and and when and where you're going to do it is helpful. That's not to say that you're always going to follow through on those plans and you don't, you, you need to be flexible too. But, um, let's say if you think about your typical weekly schedule, what are two specific days and times in the next week where you would like to add a walk? Yeah. Yeah. I think Wednesdays, cause I think we're going to do a, a workday Wednesday thing. So yeah, I'm up for that. we're going to do that. And, uh, I don't know. Let's do mid-afternoon on Wednesday. Oh, okay. We can Refresh. do that. Shelby has already got right. the schedule. Okay. Okay. On your calendar, yeah. 2 o'clock Wednesday. Yeah. I'll send you an Outlook invite. Okay. But, <laughs> but from all this, you Except know what, what would really kind of like said, writing stuff down, you know, mm-hmm. putting it on, being intentional, writing it down. Like if you think about well-being in general, like writing stuff down is really important for so many realms of, you know, like we talk about writing journaling. There is so much for that writing down the three gratitudes to build optimism, things of that nature, be writing down like, Hey, putting on, on something like, Hey, we're going to do a walk on Wednesday, putting it, making it real. Once you put it down on something, I just, that's something that's kind of rang through, through this whole thing. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, that's such a benefit in so many different realms of life in general, not in well being. Yeah. It's true. All right. Wednesday at two is on your calendar. Yeah, it How will about, be. What, what's one other time you think that that you might add a walk? I think just I just need to pick a week night or at least yeah, just pick a week night that as soon as I get home, throw on shorts and just go and do that. And actually, one of the perks that we talked about this morning, but that's new to me being at Lafine, is that there are multiple places to shower here too. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I've never worked someplace where they had a shower Mm -hmm. and so like if i was really ambitious and maybe i can build up to this but like walking and or biking maybe once a week baby steps shelby oh yeah once a week to work and then just like showering here and just being good to go um i'm not a morning person so that would be a big thing for me but Mm -hmm. um i mean i think that would be cool and i just never had that option before either yeah i'm glad you mentioned baby steps and working up Mm -hmm, to it because mm -hmm. i think sometimes we feel a pressure of okay i'm supposed to do 30 minutes a day i'm supposed to do 150 minutes per week and um you know if you're starting from zero which you're not but you know if if i'm working with someone who's doing nothing then that feels really overwhelming Mm -hmm. to to do that much and so i would much rather see someone to set an initial goal to do something for five minutes every day and experience success achieving that goal because you can always build up from there. But if mm-hmm. I start out and say, uh, I want to do walk to work every day right. mm-hmm. next week, mm-hmm. um, and then one day it's raining and you don't do mm-hmm. it, and you're like, well, you know, I'm just not meant to be a, an active commuter, um, yep. it's discouraging. So, yep. um, 
but yeah, I think that when you make some of these small changes first and, and experience some success, then it builds your confidence that, all right, maybe I actually feel pretty good when I do this. So mm -hmm. I'm going to look for a few other opportunities to build some movement in consistently during the workday or uh, after work, or maybe if you walk to go out for dinner, you take the long way home mm -hmm. or whatever, and just sort of think about ways to to add some minutes to your week. For sure. I'll talk about, so we had a, a meeting with uh, Dr. Lane um, this or last week, and Dr., or it was this week, and Dr. Lane talked about, you know, Dr. Lane was a marathon runner. Like, mm -hmm. he's done, accomplished many marathons, and he said, with everything going on, he just got out of the routine of running, and, he, and so then... He just related to us that I had to put in a much less strenuous training plan to work up to maybe even running a 5K at the pace that I want to run it at. And he said it was pretty humbling to look at like what you used to be able to do or, you know, what, what your training program was. And there's a lot of factors that can go into that, you know, change with employment, change in just the aging, you know, process. But um, he said that it was that was a, a factor when he's, when he's like, I need to get back into running. And Dr. Lane's like, I used to be here where I was running marathons and now I'm starting way, way down here. And he's like, <laughs> it was just, it was kind of like, he said he had that thought, like, is this even worth it? He's doing it. And he said, he said, he's, you know, it's, he's progressing quicker than what he thought because mm -hmm. he has had that. But he said that was a barrier for him just saying about what he used yeah. to be able to do. Mm -hmm. And then having to start kind of start over to get the motivation yep. to see why you need to do it, the benefits. But of course he said in the long run, he's so happy that he did, Yeah, but he Good said, yeah, there's a lot of people. I'm that, I'm, I'm in that squarely in that boat. My activity level is probably next to, I wouldn't say zero, but maybe like a one, a two on some days. And so it is intimidating to get back mm -hmm. into what worked yeah. before. I mentioned, I did a study with, new moms who had had a baby within the past year so they're in that boat as well regardless of how active they were before having kids um you know pregnancy and then recovering from childbirth mm -hmm. um your activity and your fitness decline and it feels really overwhelming to take that first step to get back into it and 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 discouraging when you're like I've, I've fallen so far from yeah. where I was before so I think there's a lot of people who can relate to that mm -hmm. and the best advice I can probably give is just to to start really small mm -hmm. um and and there's always room to build up from there but uh, you don't want to set yourself up to be disappointed and discouraged because that's what leads people to just giving up completely all right so i just have a, a few more things that we're going to talk about to Tell me all to set you up for success with yes. your plan so one thing that that caught my attention when you mentioned it already was changing into your shorts when you get home mm. or something like that which mm. seems like a small thing but that can really your clothes can really shift your mindset about physical activity so um that's something uh, that's sort of like a small cue or prompt that you can plan and you can sort of make it part of your routine, right? Like I come in the door, I put my bag down and then I go change out of my clothes mm -hmm. into something comfortable mm -hmm. or something like that. Every so night. 
that sort of uh, puts you in a position then to have a mindset of doing something active versus if you put on your pajamas or open a bottle of wine or something, then you're sort of in a different mindset or you turn on the TV um, of like, I'm just going to sit and relax for the night, which there's nothing wrong with that too. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so, so changing the clothes, are there any other sort of maybe small tweaks to your environment or like prompts or reminders that you could incorporate to help you follow through on your your walking goals hmm well as soon as i get home every night i always change so i mean that's gonna be easy and i live in shorts like i could i would wear shorts all year round if i could i love wearing shorts um what else is something that i could do well well i'm very much goal oriented and focused and and being productive as i do other things too so i have a hybrid car and so just like four blocks away from me is a free charging station. And like, I need to start getting better about plugging in my car down there. Cause I don't have a at home charger. Mm-hmm. So I go down there, plug it in. So like that could be again, like a, pro- I, I'm totally off of what you asked me, but like, if I just set that like every Monday to start the week off, well, I can drive my car down there, plug it in and then intentionally walk while it's charging. And so I'm getting something done. It's mm-hmm. productive. So I'm set. I'm juicing up my car for the whole week for my weekly round. And so I'm saving money that way. Yeah. Um, but then I'm still being active and walking too. Like so that. yeah. Man. How long does it take to go to, to charge a typical charge? Usually if I park it there, like right after work, like before around 530, I guess, mm-hmm. um, probably about 930 or 10, it's fully charged. Okay. Yep. Oh. Um, so last question, what are some of the potential barriers that you see getting in your way of accomplishing these goals? Stress at work because of Chris. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I should have hit the. It was a button. button. Yeah, it was a and, button and, opportunity. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, probably just like alternate plans that I make because, like I said, I'm a very social person. So I, I tend to fill up my calendar in the evenings with friend things, and so over scheduling maybe just because I scheduled it at like. 5.30 or 6, so I'm just like, run home, change clothes, then get to that activity, whatever I have, I have mm-hmm. planned. So I think just my own planning mm-hmm. is is going to be a problem with me. Um, I know just within my little circle of influence, too, like if I see other people like just relaxing or hanging out or, like you said, having a bottle of wine or something, a bottle, glass, glass <laughs> of wine. Um, <laughs> Sharing a bottle. Right, a a sharing a bottle with the group. Exactly. I just think that that will be appealing. You know, it's like when you walk by a window front and you see something that looks cool, like, oh, I want that too. Um, So, so what is the norm when you hang out with friends? Is it mostly, you know, sitting around and talking, or are there times that you do active things together? Probably just sitting around and talking during the week, but on the weekends, like I said, going out to the cons and maybe and just going on a more active walk mm-hmm. um, with with them too. So yeah, so maybe that could be something mm-hmm. since those social ties are so important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe that could be a conversation that you have with friends or group who you hang out with and see maybe they're maybe they like the idea of you know doing something active mm-hmm. um or seeing if there's ways to 
incorporate some activity into your time together, mm-hmm. especially on the weekend. That could be try to, something that you try to plan is let's mm-hmm. check out a different place to we've been to the Kanza. Let's try to check out some different places each each week. Mm-hmm. And I I would totally volunteer as active friend. I'm just okay. I'm just throwing that yeah. out. Okay, okay. Trend You've setting. got your accountability during the the work day. I, I know. No, I know. Yeah. I'm excited. We were. I was driving back from the union, and that sounds bad. Ever talking because I drove to the union, which isn't very far. <laughs> but I was driving back from the union, and I saw Andrew walking, and I picked Andrew up. <laughs> and I think the first thing I said to Andrew is, "I bet Shelby wouldn't approve of this." Oh no! <laughs> I know, it was it. no, it really was. I was like, <laughs> "He's not teasing." I was like, "That I am not only that I drove to the union. I'm thinking, but then I was like, "Hey, Andrew, get in. I don't want to, if I'm gonna be lazy. I think we should have done this too. intervention with." With you, it sounds like because that could be part two. <laughs> yeah. Part two. Another, uh, another hour and another half day. of just Chris's intervention. <laughs> Let's just start with activity. walking the two hundred yards to your uh, True. studio yeah. as a starting Step point. Step one. And it's just it's even on a nature trail. It's it's so easy. But you know what? Three minutes is three minutes. I need those three minutes. I'm just kidding. Take but anyway, it, take it. Yep. Oh my gosh. Well, this was awesome. That was good. Like, and again, like I really do feel more empowered because you have expanded the definition of physical activity. And like you said, I think there are a lot of other things I do already that I just never counted as physical activity. Mm-hmm. So, and I want to give it like that an applause for you, Andrew. Applause, applause, there was, applause. you had to think on your feet there and yeah. you came up with some great, that's what I love doing. I love thinking on my feet. Now you're going to be thinking and walking on your feet. I know. You know, but like the whole plugging your car in and charging it, that was a great, and, and, you know, making that be part of your routine, that was great. Very productivity focused, yes, yes. And there's going to be barriers that you haven't Mm -hmm. thought about or anticipated, Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. I would view this more as a big experiment, but you're just starting out on this journey to Mm -hmm. figure out what might work for you, Mm -hmm. and as you go, there's going to be things that you say, well, I thought that was a good idea, but I actually can't bring myself to do it so let's Mm -hmm. think about what what else i might do instead or try something different this week um to that i think i might be more successful with so i like it's a it's a trial and error process where um there's going to be some ups and downs along the way i love it Mm -hmm. such is life i want to do it I guess with our last, you know, couple of minutes, if we've got those, do you want to tell us a little bit about exercise as medicine on campus month? I know it's coming up. Yes, um, I can talk about that a little bit. So this is something we celebrate each October in our department, exercise as medicine on campus month. Um, And I've made a big thing in the last hour about talking or promoting physical activity instead of exercise. So, um, but but exercise as medicine is actually a, a national initiative to um, to promote active lifestyles, and so the the on campus branch of that is focused on college campuses and promoting movement and activity among students and faculty and staff who work on college campuses. So um, last year we we did a bunch of virtual events for exercises mm-hmm. medicine on campus this year we're excited to have some more uh, in-person events we're gonna have um, on a Friday at Memorial Stadium sort of what we hope will be a big wellness movement celebration with lots of different um, health promoting entities on campus represented games and activities for students hopefully prizes and incentives and food so 
uh, that'll be October 22nd, and hopefully mm-hmm. uh, w- people can join us for that. Um, we will have some virtual, hopefully, kind of panel discussions throughout the month with different uh, people on campus and maybe some of our alumni talking about what exercises medicine means to them or how, how they um, promote physical activity in, in their professions. Um, what else? We're going to have a scavenger hunt that students can do in teams throughout the month uh, and be entered into a prize drawing if they complete the scavenger hunts. It'll take them different places around campus. Um, what am I forgetting, Shelby? I feel like there's something else. Oh, uh, there. I think it's somewhere in the middle of the month. K State is playing Iowa State in football, yes. and um, Iowa State has a exercises medicine committee on their campus as well. They also celebrate this, and so we're working on a competition uh, between the two schools. I don't know if it'll be like a step challenge or something, but we're gonna need K State students to show up so we can beat Iowa State not only in football but also in our exercises medicine challenge um so hopefully lots of events and activities going on throughout the month we're going to try to use social media to promote things that are happening and um just encourage students to hopefully get outside and and enjoy the fall weather and um be active and like you said take advantage of all the great things that our campus has to offer when it comes to being active awesome that's cool what should students follow to like stay in the loop with everything that's a good question uh kinesiology does have a twitter and a facebook page so we'll definitely be using those and probably the college of health and human sciences twitter as well um the overall exercises medicine on campus theme this year is reunited in movement so kind of uh yeah, it's yeah. speaking to exactly what you're talking about. Is yep. people want to come back together and and let's incorporate movement as part of that uh, reuniting. Awesome. Cool. Great. Well, any final words? Anything lingering out there in the you know cyberspace? This was great. About? This was fun. I love this. Yeah. Yes. Doc, it's a hundred percent. Doctor Maley and Shelby and Andrew that made this. I mean, it's. Is this what it, this is what it was designed to do? Designed to do a conversation, mm-hmm. to sit down, have a good time. So we accomplished that, I think. We yeah. did. So great. Well, thank you for having me, yeah. and hopefully, our listeners got some some useful tidbit out of our conversation. <laughs> but sounds good. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you.